Hello, welcome back to an hour with Crowder with me, your host, Crowder. Like, share, subscribe, and comment. Man, we got Rick Rock and you don't stop in the building. Malik, the devil advocate himself, he is out for today. We got E on the boards. We got Heather in the cut. We got the cameras on deck. We got everything. We got everything. Y'all need to like, share, subscribe, and comment. <laughs> because be this so is aggressive. a good podcast. People don't understand this is a good podcast until you tell them aggressively. You know, I don't even know what's be going on with black people. But we in this thing. And now we're Crowder. Let's get on to some good-ass topics with okay. some good-ass hosts. What? Good. How are you doing today? I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, I got my nerdy glasses on. There's I can't see my screen. Wrong with glasses. Glasses yeah, I can't are see. a beautiful thing. Intelligence is a beautiful thing. Yeah, so. I can't see. I can't see my screen. And one part of being intelligent is knowing when to say, "Hey, I can't see shit. <laughs> <laughs> I can't see shit." But we have a couple of good topics. You I already know do. what it is. I think we do. Um, that I, I thought that this was one of the most important things to get into because we are a new podcast. I do have, you know, new co-hosts. I am a new host myself. Only 40, what, 40, 47, 47 episodes in. That's I the 47. The yeah. So only 47 episodes in. And we know that money changes things. Yes, it does. People change with money. And this whole Joe Budden podcast situation has blown up. He has allegations of you know, messing over his friends. Mm -hmm. He has allegations of sexual harassing a woman in the workplace. Um, and when we say sexual harassment, we mean like, um, not in a fun way, but like kind of grinding his hips up against the woman in a playful way. Okay. Yeah. Uh, eh, you take that how you want to take it. <laughs> you take that how you want to take it. But I assume that everybody already knows what's going on. I mean, Charlemagne the God, Andrew Schultz on a brilliant idiot has already said what they said. Charlemagne, I mean, Joe Budden has already responded to um, the allegations of all these things. And Rory and Maul, which was his co-host, right. has already said their piece in a episode of their podcast or whatever they're doing. I don't think it's a podcast. They couldn't say it due to legal reasons. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's um called I'll name this response later. Okay. Which is a spin on what the podcast of Joe Budden. I think that's very clever. Yeah. It's actually very, very clever. Yeah, it was yeah. It, it was a spin on um what the podcast was named before it was the Joe Budden podcast. Okay. okay. It was called um I'll name this podcast later. I like so he said, I'll name this response later. And like Rory that. and Maul, which is his co-host, ended up naming, you know, their response to what the allocations of all these things are. Okay. So what 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 are your thoughts on this? Because I got a bunch of notes right here in my little laptop. <laughs> um I think I want to go back to and it, so I, I'm gonna kind of jump back and forth. So we did decide to talk about cancel culture, right? Yeah, because so, that's definitely going to happen. Um, the whole Olivia dope, which was one of his um, employees on See the Thing Is podcast, which mm -hmm. is on his network. He is the one that, um, she's the one that received the sexual harassment by him okay. in an episode. Then they went over some things that was brought up over a, um, 
uh, separate conversation between the ladies in that podcast, and it was brought to him, so he decided to show up because it is his network, and he decided to confront the situation that was going on there about how people felt about how things were being run ran mm-hmm. and um you know he said the word bitch to her and he at the end he wanted to hug all of the co-hosts which was mandy um bridget and olivia dope okay. and he grinded his hips on her and decided to call her bitch in a playful way yeah. <laughs> so I think at this point I'm probably jumping in devil's advocate seat. Because as a woman, and let me preface this so I don't get canceled before I make it. Um, <laughs> let me preface this by saying that there have been times as a woman that I would say, you know, technically off camera or behind the scenes, we joke, we play, you know, um, I'm flirtatious by nature. I'm, I'm a Sagittarius, so I'm flirtatious. And and so I believe at some point we make it comfortable to, ah, oh, bitch, oh, you know, all this. Um, and, you know, one day a hug can be okay. One day flirting can be okay. And then the next day it's not. I think that in a lot of cases, men and women, sometimes we put each other in compromising positions without communicating, you know, or, or, or maybe it could have been that there was that normal banter between them that I bitch or, you know, I mean, I'm not saying it's ever okay to, you know, grind on someone if they don't want it, but maybe that was there. But while she was around other women and we're in more of a business setting, that's not okay. I'm admitting that I've done that bullshit where, you know, hey, we were playing, we were joking, it's okay. And I never, I never meant to, you know, never to set anybody up, but maybe I just had a bad day that day. And I was like, you know, not today. Or maybe, you know, um, a coworker and I would wink at each other, but we're in a meeting. Okay. Maybe I feel like I need you to know we don't wink and blow kisses at each other right now. I'm not, I'm not. I'm not saying that, you know, what he did was inappropriate. My take on it is if he felt comfortable enough to do that, I feel like that was already there. Ooh, because that's where I was at with it. I was like, nobody is ever going to feel comfortable to do something that they haven't done once, twice. So I feel that that was already there. Was the timing right? No, but it was already there. And in most cases, I'm going to stick up for the fellas here. You know, in most cases, a man is only going to do what you allow him to do unless he's just a fucking pervert or just, you know, aggressive controller, whatever. Another episode. But when those things happen, that has already been allowed. And one of two things have happened. You've had a conversation like, okay, enough is enough. Or you haven't had that conversation. But on today, like as we say, I got time today. And the com- so today I got time to tell you, or to act out on how I feel today. That's just my take on it. My thing is, why did she respond so late to the sexual harassment? I think that this notion of women waiting until um, other strong women decide to step up is played out. I, 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 I know that there's no... 
um time stimulation mm-hmm. or what is that time um so uh, I had a time I, on like um women saying when they got sexual or there's, sexually no, there's no technically statute of limitation Sta- statute okay. of, um limitation on women claiming sexual harassment right. or rape or any of those things but it's like why say it once this man is up at his height you know he got a um he got to deal with spot um spot not spotify but cash out mm-hmm. and patreon and all of these big time you know people paying him out why say it just then why not say it when it happened i i want more women to start coming out and being stronger and having the balls to say it when it happened start creating your paper trail when it happens so then when another woman speaks out and then you speak out you got the paperwork right this actually happened i documented it i got the paperwork i filed a report with hr this happened it, right. it I, this happened in 2008 now this woman is saying in 2011 i'm not lying i'm not clout chasing i'm not mm-hmm. trying to get a, a piece of bread i was just scared at the time i think that a lot of times just like the bill cosby thing we're all wondering okay this man is trying to um own this NBC network and okay, changing it to a, a yeah and then all of a sudden all these women coming out of the net uh, out of the wood fucking worse and then I'm just like okay I for sure believe that it was probably like two or three but not all fucking 21 so not all 21 of those women so I'll say this because I had a um sexual harassment case at a previous job the reason I waited and what I do believe what I see that happens with black women is, you know, we, we still try to protect the brother. We still try to protect the culture. We knew as black employees in this district that um, statistically we all had more education. We all had more experience, um, but we were all subordinates simply because we were black. And I did not report him immediately to HR because I made the decision to take one for the culture. I didn't want to see another brother go down. Yeah, but that's your fault. Yeah, no, yeah, it, it, it absolutely is. That's what, yeah. So it's it's mine. And so by the time that I reported it to, and, and then I also felt like because I understood that, you know, essentially with this company, Black Lives did not matter. It was, I, I still, and, and, I, and, and here's where I feel most people, because statistically, sexual harassment goes both ways, and really, men are 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 the victims of more of sexual harassment more than women. But we have how this, come? Well, because I mean, we women. Okay, so statistically, you have where women will say things. You know, we'll say we'll, and I mean, I, I'm telling you, women are nasty. Um, but we're in this culture where if you say those same things to a man, that is then supposed to boost his ego. But if a man then turns around and says that to you, then all of a sudden, oh my God, you're 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 objectifying me, you're disrespecting me. Well, you just told him, you know, I'm okay. Gray sweats, uh, gray sweatpants season. Okay, I'm all over gray sweatpants season. <laughs> um, I'm like, hey, my my last boyfriend, I was like, yeah, put them gray sweatpants on. If, but if you then turn that around and. You know, in, and I say transferring that to the workplace, a woman can say that. Um, 
But if a man then turns around and says that, I, I do believe that now that's one place where I do find some inequity. So in my situation, that was completely my fault. I decided to take one for the culture. And then I also decided that, you know, my my complaint wasn't going to go anywhere, which it did not. Why do you think your complaint wasn't going to go anywhere? When I talked to the HR rep, um, and this, this company was all about, you know, diversity and inclusion, diversity and inclusion. When I explained that, um, because the, the, the comment that he made um, went into the fact that my last name being South African, and then, of course, my, my, my father's heritage is South African. My mom, of course, like I said, my, my daddy, Johannesburg, my mama, Louisiana, okay? So it went into the issue of, well, she probably only bleeps South African guys or African guys. And I remember giving my statement to HR, and she goes, well, wait a minute. So Africans are different from blacks? And in that point, I'm thinking, ma'am, you are degreed in this. This is what you're trained for. So at this point, if you don't even understand that there's a difference here, I, I feel like at that point, the cognitive dissonance in her just went to a thousand percent and it was documented and it literally never went anywhere. But, but you know what? You have the paperwork in behind it. Now. I do. So that's my thing is that these women don't even go to the extent of getting the paperwork. They just kind of harvest it. Sometimes they may be where I am and especially as black women, we still try to hold our community on our shoulders. I feel like there's this, okay, let's not bring our culture down, but then also feeling like this is going to fall on deaf ears. And I reported it, and it did fall on deaf ears. Yeah, but even if it, do, it does fall on deaf ears. I get that. Then you have a paper trail. Absolutely. So then when someone reports him in 2011, and it happened in 2008, mm -hmm. you have a paper trail on it. They have a paper trail on it. So they know that this isn't something just wildly out the blue for him to do because guess what? He had a claim on him in 2008. I think a paper trail is absolutely important. Yeah. Document, for, for, document, document. Yeah, for, for especially the woman. And that's where I have the biggest, like, um, you know, pushback about mm -hmm. the Olivia Dope thing telling – Telling after the whole Rory and Maul thing blew up and after, you know, he's in the fire for messing over his friends and everything, she said it afterwards. Why didn't you say anything sooner? Why didn't you say anything sooner? I can respect that. that. That's the only thing that I have against this whole thing is, like, you held this in for three months. And I'm not saying that, you know, I doubt her for that because sometimes people are scared. You know, you're there these men are in power mm -hmm. and you don't want to be looked at like a clown. You don't want to be looked at like someone that's making something up when right. it actually happened to you. But I know for one thing, I'm going to get this paper trail on him. I'm going to foul it. I'm going to I'm going to tell HR that, hey, this guy touched me or talked to me or treated me in a way that I did not approve of. And so I have a paper, I have a paper trail on him. So then when next time another woman tells him, um, tells HR that, Hey, or is brave enough to tell HR that, Hey, this guy treated me, talked to me, touched me in a certain way that I didn't like, then 
they can go back to 2008 and say, hey, this and happened again. You know, yeah. they we have to start getting documentation. I don't care about what happened. Start doing it. What happens, happens. If no one believes you, fine. You know what the fuck happened. Right. So it doesn't matter what anyone says. You know, I, I, I don't understand that about women. You know, they just kind of cower and tuck their tail between their legs and I don't want to tell anyone because this man is in power and I can be out of the job. Okay, well, which one's more important, your morals or this job? Because if it's your morals, then you're going to tell off the back. Mm-hmm. If, you're, if it's this money, then you're going to stick around until it's, the money isn't good anymore. Okay. You know, I, I, I you know, I, I bless Olivia Dope. Mm-hmm. I, I, I pray for her to get all the help and healing that she needs. And I'm glad for Joe for stepping out and saying, hey, I fucked up and this is what I need to do to make this company better. But at the end of the day, she decided to wait to tell something. So her her story is less credible. Credible, yeah. Yeah, and then, she, and then she doesn't pave the way. If she would have said something to HR or whoever the HR of that company is or just Joe himself and just recorded it low key. She would have documentation that this is what happened, but she really kind of didn't need documentation because it was already on, you know, camera Mm -hmm. for everyone to see. And then they was trying to edit everything out and everything like that. And I'm like, stop stupid. You're editing out the fucking evidence of him sexually harassing you. You know, don't do that. Right. So I that's the only thing. And it was even with the Bill Cosby thing and all the other things that have gone on in the industry. It's right. why do these women wait so late to bring down not only men, but a black man when they're at the peak of their careers? You know, why? Why is that? Why do they wait until they're trending to turn around and say, Oh well, he did this to me. Why? Why are you just now coming out and saying that? I'm not. I'm not saying that it didn't happen. Right. I'm saying that why did you wait so long if it was such a bother? If I burn my hand on the stove right now, am I gonna wait next week to say something? Well, but here's the thing: if you burn your hand on the stove, then you have evidence that you burned your hand on the stove. You know, when you're talking about sexual harassment, and unfortunately for women, um, it it turns into a he say versus she say. Um, it, it then goes into so many different layers and, and, you know, you find where, okay, he could have sexually harassed me, but then he can counter by saying, well, we were having sex. Like you, you go, you go, I mean, it even goes against, it goes into, you know, rape versus consensual. It always turns into a, he say, she say, where unfortunately the woman ends up feeling powerless. How many times and, and I can say that I've done this. How many times has a woman come forward and the first thing we think, ah, she's gold digging. Um, I was watching a mystical uh, story on TV one and how, you know, he went to prison, I believe for allegations of rape. Mm-hmm. And his story was that um, <clears throat> the way he set it up, and I'm not saying what's true or what's not, was that it was an issue over money. And all of a sudden this woman says she was raped. So you look at it and you're like, oh, she wanted some money because it was mystical. But yeah. do we really know what happened? You know, uh, let's go back to Mike Tyson. When Mike Tyson went to jail, the young lady said he called her at 2 o'clock in the morning to come to his room. And everyone's response to her, 
I even heard my own mom, mother say this. You know what goes on when a man calls you to the room at 2 o'clock in the morning. Exactly. Well, um, of course, at that time, I was when this happened, I must have been in third grade, so I didn't know what happened when a man calls you to his room at exactly. 2 o'clock in the morning. But, um, it, it you know, you, you can lay it out both ways. Is it really the truth that she was just so excited to see Mike Tyson that even though she – you know, against her better judgment, she was like, you know, I shouldn't do this. Or maybe she was like, oh, well, he's a celebrity. He wouldn't do anything to me. He knows better. Or, you know, so when, when you're dealing with these, you, you're dealing with, with both parties, you know, advocating for themselves, and there, there's, there's nothing tangible. You burn your hand, it's tangible. But if it's he say versus she say, there's nothing tangible. Yeah, I see it from that point, but that's why paperwork, it's absolutely and, uh, important. It's so important. You know, he didn't foul anything. You did. Mm-hmm. So that's where that's what ends up in court is that black and white. Mm-hmm. And then you have those fouls for when someone else, because if someone does it once, they're not going to stop it once. They're going to do it again. So it's much more credible when it happens to you. And even though he just did it to you just that once, He's not going to stop it just at once. He's going to do it to someone else. Right. So then they have the proof that, oh, well, you know, they, they did it to somebody in 2008. So who we about to get ready to believe, you know? Right. This person that have already had two allegations against them, you know, touching someone's thigh mm-hmm. or grinding against them or just saying the word bitch in a podcast, we're going to have that credibility versus – him saying, oh, I didn't do that. You know, if somebody tells you something once that they didn't do it, and then, but it happened. And then you might say, oh, you know, and they probably didn't do that because of the character of that person. Mm-hmm. And then someone else says it. And then you're like, okay, what is this about? Right. And then the third person says it. And you're like, hey, wait a minute, hold up. Three women had already said that this dude then talked to them inappropriate. So what's really going on now, an investigation happened. Right. What the paperwork really does is that it's not really protection for you. It's protection for the people along the way that's going to be harassed in the future. So you got that paperwork, and then they file paperwork, and then the third person says it, and now they have a paper trail. Right. So that's why I don't want women to cower down, stop. We need to stop putting our leg between, we need to stop putting our tail between our legs and saying, oh, they're not going to believe us. Who cares? Mm-hmm. You know what happened. It, it, I don't care who believes me. I, you know, I, I just don't. I don't care who believes me at all. I I, I, you, you start to cre- create that paper trail for the people along the way, right. for the people that he's going to do it to next. Right. You know? That, that's how I feel about the Olivia Dope situation. And it was just so many other things that happened with that network. And, you know, I follow these guys. I love um, these guys because I, I follow them. I, I watch their show every Tuesday and, I mean, every Wednesday and Saturday, you know. And it was very disappointing that Joe, there's a guy that, not that I looked up to, I mean, I, in a sense, I did look up to him because he's this guy that's creating this platform for these people and, and giving us gyms to, you know, ha- know how to maneuver in this mm-hmm. field. 
know how not to get taken over. And then he does it himself. He treats his employees just like the corporation treated him. And it was just so many things like the secrets of the accounting, the accounting. He gave them a Microsoft Excel sheet mm -hmm. with numbers punched in. And I was like, bro, that is not accounting. Right. <laughs> that is not accounting, bro. You know, I feel like, and, and from what I got to, from it, it was like he told them one thing behind the scenes and then the paperwork showed different. So he told them, like like me, hey, I'm going to split everything one-third. Everybody gets one-third at their expenses. Right. And then the money started coming in and, oh, nope, you know, you're going to get this, a, right. a percentage of this. And then even at... Even if he said, okay, well, you're going to get a percentage of this up front. Okay, well, that's great. You know, whatever. You know, you didn't build this up from the ground. Great, whatever. You know, um, but it's like even at a percentage, we have to allow people to look at the accounting. We have to allow people to look at the books. It would be equivalent to you. You work an hourly job. Salary, but yes. I, yeah. Well, I work an hourly job. So that would be equivalent to me working an hourly job and then I work mad buku hours. I work like 60 hours a week. I get like a $1,200 check. Okay, great. You know, the money's coming in. I make 1200 a week. I'm great. I'm striving. I'm doing what I need to do. And then I know that one week I work way over 60 hours, like 75 hours. Well, then I, I lost track. I, I don't know because I'm used to getting a $1,200 check, but I know I worked more hours right. because I'm looking at my clock, and that shit say um, five hours left on my clock out of a 70-hour clock for the week. So then I go to my employer, and I say, hey, let me see the time. I totally have mistracked, you know, the hours. Well, you don't have access to the hours. Why not? Exactly. Right. Exactly. That's exactly what Joe Budden told those guys is that, uh, I'm gonna see you. I'm gonna send you an Excel spreadsheet. No, no I need to know about me. Exactly, especially if you're getting a percentage of yes. it. Yes, you know, a percentage based deal, even if you're contracted, because everybody has this stigma against. Oh well, you know, um, you're an employer. You're not, you know, mm -hmm. um, you don't have access to the accounting, but that changes when you get paid percentage based, right. because then. You need to know, it's, it's just simple algebra. You need to know how much is coming in from the podcast mm -hmm. so that you can figure out how much you're supposed to be getting paid if you're right. getting paid a percentage of it. And that's basically what they was asking him. Hey, we need to know what the percentage of this is so that we'll know what we're getting paid because you told us X amount of percentage plus this equals this. Well, I don't, we got X because we don't know how much was brought in from this podcast and you're still giving us the same amount, even though we've sold out, you know, a 2000, right. a 2000 seat, um, theater mm -hmm. or a thousand seat theater. Mm -hmm. So that was the only thing that I had against is that, uh, I don't, I don't know about that. Joe, like, that's kind of funny. Yeah. Well, we've seen or you've had allegations or you see where, you know, I'm thinking about NWA and all these groups that we were growing up with that it all started out where everything was going to be equal. 
And then as the money started coming in, then numbers began to get skewed. And then people started to fight over this. <laughs> well, I founded the group. I mean, even uh, I, I, I still say the king, Bobby Brown, at some point came out. And he was like, well, I founded New Edition. Yeah, but you guys were three. So <laughs> exactly. Know, do, you, do you pay off of that? So, yes, um, as you said, that when money starts to get involved in things, yes, they can become absolutely skewed. Absolutely. Yeah. And I'm just wondering, like, uh, let me ask you this question. As a, as a podcaster, you know, what is it that you would want to see from me? Consistency and just communication. Consistency and communication because this is, as you and I discussed um, after I submitted my audition tape, I tried to start this myself. And, you know, everyone wants to be the star, but they don't want to do the work. Yeah. Um, and you find out that, um, you know, like I told you, I wanted to do it with a group of women. We had a great platform. It was going to be excellent. And then when I started saying, and I didn't even ask for any money. I just said, hey, can we meet? Can we meet? Then it all turned into, uh, well, this is your baby. This is this. Just tell me when to show up. Just, you know, as I, as I, as I re require in any relationship that I'm in, whether it be business or personal, give me what I give you. I'm going to give you the truth. I'm going to give you my loyalty. I'm going to give you my consistency. Um, and that's it. Because I feel like if you're honest with me from the beginning, then at that point I can make the right decision for myself. So if, you know, when, and I say when, because we're speaking this into existence, we look up one day and the podcast is making, you know, three, four, five thousand dollars an episode – and you're like, okay, Rick, well, thank you. Uh, I'm not going to pay you. I'm like, well, thank you for the opportunity. <laughs> but, you know, be honest with me. Um, like I, like you and I discussed earlier, you founded this. So I'm not going to be the person that's going to come in and with this with this celebrity status or, you know, like, oh, well, you know, we need to split this down the middle. We sit down and we talk about business. Exactly. As long as we're open and transparent about business and we can see numbers and those numbers make sense, that's it. Give me what I give you. And that's that's in any relationship. Yeah. Honesty, consistency, integrity, transparency, communication. I'm going to be loyal. I, I Again, I'm a Sagittarius. We're loyal to the T. And that's it. See, that's the thing that I had, you know, with them. Because, like, you're talking about loyalty. You're talking about commitment. You're talking about being a star even when you're not getting paid. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing that I have with Rory and Ma because I'm not going to just shift everything on Joe Budden. Right. At the end of the day, you said a very important thing. If I'm not getting paid and the money does start coming through because you founded this, mm -hmm. well, guess what? I'm just going to leave and I'm going to make my own way. Mm -hmm. So that means that you've been allocating clout. You've been allocating listeners, mm -hmm. followers, everything that needs to be done to build your own platform. Right. Why wasn't they doing that also? Why wasn't Rory and Mall allocating other avenues of in income? Well, Why did they just sit on their ass, wait for the JBP network to give them money? Because at the end of the easy. day, yeah, at the end of the day, once we start getting clout mm -hmm. from this channel, 
Ain't you gonna start going off and start there speaking publicly? I, I love public speaking, <laughs> but but okay. So it, and I'll say this because it becomes easy, like you said. People want to be the star. Look at everything that you've invested. When I walked into it, I told you I, I went to school for broadcast journalism. After our first episode, I was like, "Mama, I made it," you know, because we were not, you know, filming this uh, on a damn phone, uh, record, right? In in somebody's in in somebody's bedroom or living room while, you know, some we we ate cheese puffs and stuff. So, um, but what am I what am I required to do at this point? Show up, and if I'm building a following off of that and I'm not investing in it, then why? I mean, you know, human nature. Why would I? You know, I'm not saying what drive. If they have a driver, if they don't, I just feel like sometimes these situations can make it easy for someone um, to bullshit. Do you think that friends and business mix? Nope. It. Oh boy. Okay, so I'm going to tell it's you such from a the- like <laughs> deep question because at one point, friends. Uh, Sorry, mm-hmm. friends and business can mix, and that's what. So when you asked me that, I, I was thinking about um, last year when I was going to buy a house before the housing market just went bananas. <laughs> I mean, just absolutely bananas. And uh, there's a a young lady who did my hair for years, and she's a real estate agent now. And you know, bless her in her her ventures. But like my mom told me, she said. You know, when it comes to things like that, that, you know, you don't let your friends see your finances. You know, so understanding that I'd be buying a house, of course, she would need to know what I qualify for. And that goes into my credit score. And then how much would I put down? Um, So in that sense, I feel like as far as your finances are concerned, keep your friends out of it. Um, Can friends go into business? Friends with... Solid mindsets can go into business together. You explain. Can, you cannot so, explain the solid mindset. Um, what is a solid mindset? So a solid mindset is, or someone, I guess, a solid mindset. Someone who has business acumen. Someone who um, has a drive. Someone who understands finances. Someone who, because if I went into a business with a friend right now, you know. After, after we birth it and we go over the business plan, the next thing we're going to do is we're going to go over contract. And that contract basically says in black and white, no matter what happens, you know, like my grandmother say, even if mad day comes in the end, I guess like a prenup, we both walk away with what we came in with and we walk away with 50-50. Yeah. In a lot of cases you find that, Friends go into business and it's Kiki and Cuckoo and that's my girl and that's my boy and <laughs> yeah. we've been friends and yada, yada, yada. And then next thing you know, it implodes because both parties don't have the same business acumen, the same drive, one person's mindset. Like, so you find that someone's picking the other one up and then one day people get tired of carrying each other. Oh. <laughs> so, I, I mean, you, you really have to go past the fact that you know, um, me and my friend, we, we good <laughs> at making this cocoa butter. Cocoa no. butter. <laughs> no, I need to know, I need to know, you know, I need to be able to observe my friend and see how you spend money. 
you know, before I start to invest my money with you. So it, it goes beyond just having a cute idea. I need to know that you understand money. You know, because for me, I'm a single mom, and you mess up my money, we're not friends anymore. And that's where I had a problem with, because it's like, on top of them, when I say them, I mean Rory and Ma, mm-hmm. on top of them not securing their own, like, financial stand ground, and we went over this last week with the whole Gary Owen thing mm-hmm. about his wife not allocating her own money from mm-hmm. other outsources. But she became what? Accustomed to or comfortable uh, in. And there was no reason for her to do anything else. And I will say this. Unfortunately, what happens a lot in the black community is we don't know what to do with money. We get it. And I didn't find out until I went through a divorce about investing and a Roth IRA. All of these things that I should have been doing, uh, you know, honestly, from my freshman year in college, if I would have known, I probably would have, you know, had a little gig on the side and started investing money. What we have been taught is when you get it, go big. Exactly. All we've been taught is to put it in a savings account, which gives you what? Point zero, zero, point zero, zero one. one. <laughs> so basically right? 10 cents. So even if she did put a mil, a million away, I don't, again, I don't know what this woman has done with her money. Where has it grown? You know, what has, uh, like, okay, I'll say this. Like, when, when Nipsey Hussle passed away, someone made a comment about, um, you know, and these and these are different situations, of course, but someone made a comment about how he never married Lauren London, and she was this, this, and that, and she's broke. First of all, Lauren came to the table with her own money. Exactly. Okay? Um, number two, and I don't I don't know everything, but from my understanding, I mean, a million dollars is, is that's a million dollars, but a million dollars in Cali doesn't go real far. Hey, I'm from Cali, okay? But you can tell from the relationship that they had that he taught her about business. He taught her about investing. He taught her about finances. He taught her where to put this money because you haven't heard anything about Lauren London except that she's keeping it pushing and she's raising their, their son. Well, their sons. I mean, even I know he accepted uh, Little Wayne's son as a step. But you haven't heard anything about Lauren. No financial destruction. No question. No nothing. She's kept it pushing. So. Yep. I don't, I don't know what the situation is with Gary Owens and his wife. I just know that what I have found, unfortunately, for black people, we told to get money. Okay, I have the money, but now what? And maybe that's the situation with this entire podcast. Sometimes people get the money, and then now what? Yeah, and that's where I was going with it is that, like, he secured his bag. Mm-hmm. Joe Budden secured his bag, and I'm not taking up for him because I don't believe in doing your friends dirty. You know, you got to honor what you say. And, you know, just like I'm sitting up here saying, you know, with this podcast, you know, I'm willing to pay whenever the money mm-hmm. comes in. He said something very schemy on one of the episodes is that one of the co-hosts, well, his new co-host, was saying, um, well, your co-host had an impression that you were going to bust down this money, you know, equally or to the percentage that you said that you was. And his response was, and actually he cut him off. He said, well, that's not on contract. They need to look at their contracts. Okay. You know, that that's mm-hmm. great too, but it's just like, damn, you know, you told, you, you, you know, built these men up 
to think that you was going to give them a piece of the company or at least the percentage that was in the contract and then nothing. Mm -hmm. You're just paying them the same thing. You're paying them like salary. That's not right, bro. If you say something, you're supposed to honor it. Right. You know? But at the same time, it's like, hey, a contract is a contract. Right. And anything that's not in black and white is always going to be thrown out in court. But how many times have we seen, uh, you know, these one-hit wonder artists or these artists that make a lot of money and then they're broke? And when they go to complain about it, you have the CEOs that say, hey, you signed here. Again, we're not reading what we're signing or we're scared that if we don't sign it, then we will never receive that opportunity only to just be screwed in the end. Exactly. So that's where it be it. And the one other thing that I had about them is that they seen all of the red flags. Mm -hmm. He had said it multiple episodes about actually the episode that they came back. He said that they didn't, he didn't value them as friends. Not not value. He said he doesn't owe them any respect as friends. Mm -hmm. And that right there is a big red flag because if you come in here right now and say, and, you know, we, we podcast together, but mm -hmm. I would hardly like to say that we're friends. We don't hang out every day. Mm -hmm. or we don't talk every day or anything like that. But we're associates. And even as an associate and a, pod, a fellow podcaster, if you came in here right now and said, you know, I don't value you as an associate or a podcaster. That would be a big red flag. I mm -hmm. probably wouldn't leave, but I would start making my own waves while exactly. I'm doing this podcast because I would be like, okay, she don't value me. So then you don't I, value me. Again, I go back to the money. You don't value me, then you're not going to value my finances. Exactly. So and that's why I... And I'm going to hit the road from the jump. Yeah, and that's where I'm getting at is that they seen all these red flags and they just thought that it wasn't going to happen to them. They just kept trailing along with this friendship thing. And it's like, yes, friendship and business can work when everybody knows their place. Mm -hmm. You know, that's true. Uh, you know, he hired these people on our contracted, you know, because he said, oh, they get a percentage of it. Okay, well, that means that you're contracted. That means that you still work for him. Right. So that means that you need to treat yourself accordingly. And when you treat yourself accordingly, then you are able to maneuver your way through what is the friendship part of this business and the employee or employee. Employee or investor. Employer right. side Partner, or right. investor, you know. You, you're able to navigate yourself between those fields because I just feel like, uh, you know, they ran a lot of stuff off of friendship. And that's where you're going to get fucked up at. That's where Rory and Ma fucked up at, bro. I just don't see how once money start coming in, that friendship shit gets pushed to the I side. Mean, because at the end, it gets put down on a piece of paper. Yeah, because yeah. at the end of the day, I got kids. Yeah, I have a car note. I have a house note. I have things that I have to pay, and friendship doesn't pay that shit. No, it doesn't. So it, I just see a lot of fault on both of them side. I mm. mean, Joe Budden in this recent episode, he was you know joking around about, um, I failed you. I failed everybody. If they didn't understand, he was saying that in a joking way, but he kind of really did fail them mm -hmm. because. At the end of the day, if your employees want to know if you're stealing, let them know that you're not stealing. Yeah. 
Yeah, be transparent about it. Hey, I'm not stealing from you. This came from this. This came from this. This came right. from this. I paid these people, and this is what it yeah, was after overhead to me. Okay. It's, yeah, exactly. Explain. Especially when you're, especially when you're sending a fucking um, Excel spreadsheet where you just can literally punch in numbers and those numbers, right? But you're not showing me invoices. Yeah, you ain't saying. Yeah, you ain't showing me no invoices. Right. You showing me no receipt. You ain't showing me nothing. You just showing me shit that you could literally punch in on your own. Right. So it, and then I blame Rory and Ma for. Seen this shit. They seen it from the get go. Mm-hmm. They had several episodes. Now that I look back, because ever since ever all of this stuff happened, I started going back into these like earlier episodes and seeing like, okay, damn, what did he say here? What did he say here? Mm-hmm. And Joe is literally like on a on on the cool, telling them like, hey, you know, this is my podcast. I'm running it how I want to mm-hmm. run it, and you can be an employee and roll with it. Or you cannot. And so they seen this way before time. And right. they let it slide way too many times, talking about it in a joking way. Hey, guess what? I ain't talking about my money in no joking ass right. way. I'm talking about my money up front. I got kids to tend to and business to handle. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to be talking about this in a joking way to you. If right. you owe me $20, you owe me fucking $20. And that's just what it is. You know, and... They let that shit slide way too long. Well, we all have those lessons in life. You know, that's either going to shape us or break us. The bought, uh, bought lesson is the best lesson. I mean, so, you know, um, I've I've done some things, and if I look at it now, I could break it down and be like, I can't believe, but, you know, I did this, or I did that, but what I do know understanding or standing here now is that I understand it won't happen again. So for them, you know, it it probably hopefully will be, you know, that lessons that that lesson that is gonna build them. I really hope so. Mm-hmm. But talking about Joe's and we ain't talking about Joe Biden. We're talking about Greg Abbott and the abolishment, you know, against um what is it? The abolishment against um abortion. Yep. How do you feel about that? What's what's your thoughts? What what's your feelings as a woman? Uh okay. I think about abortion as a mother first. And um what I do know as a mother is I have never experienced love, understanding you know, being a mother, I can't even describe how important they are in my life, how they are my life, how that I, they are the air that I breathe, even when they're getting on my nerves. <laughs> you know, I mean, typically, um, you know, just from single momming, you know, typically by Friday nights when um, on the nights they go with their dad, I'm rushing them out the house, and then the next morning I wake up like, I miss my babies. So I say all that to say that I I feel like, you know, every woman who wants to be a mom should um, be able to experience that because being a mom, I can't even, I can't even call it love. It's greater than love. I can't even describe it. I can't. And I'm so fortunate that I didn't miss the opportunity to be their mom. Um, So, 
to me, as a mom, I couldn't fathom an abortion because I would miss out on my life now. However, if their father had raped me or if it was an abusive situation, which it wasn't, we just had a shitty marriage. (laughs) 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 We just just were shit together. We were just Uh, shitty together. We were just terrible together. Um, I could not guarantee that I could give my daughters the love that they deserve knowing that they were conceived this way. Um, I do not know if I would have cared for my body correctly during my pregnancy, knowing that they were conceived that way. Um, and some people would say, well, you know, just carry the baby and then give it up for adoption. That shit in itself is so that that's that's a a, a quadruple entanglement, if you will, with the system. Explain. So I, I, I feel like these children are not going. So, you, you know, you, you you hear these sad stories or you, you see, the, you know, these couples who really want a baby. Who re- These children are not going to these couples without these couples shelling out a hundred fucking thousand dollars to the state to get a baby, a, a baby that the state. Nobody wanted. Well, what, right. I mean, <laughs> the state didn't invest in this baby. You know, so, so they're basically so, making money so, off of right, a kid so that it's, nobody it's, wanted it's in the first kids, place. Right. <laughs> so what you do find is they enter into this foster care system. They enter into a system where they're, you know, unfortunately, these babies are just being rented out until they're 18. So um, all I know is this, is that I could not imagine my children being aborted from my body because these are my babies. You know, I do understand life happens. I do understand circumstances. I do understand. um, All I got is that life happens. And um, as a mom, you know, that, that maternal instinct that I feel, you know, feels like I would, I, I would want to be an advocate for that woman to be there for them you know, to provide them counseling, to provide them healing, to provide them whatever they need, to provide them, you know, the, the right resources. So hopefully they would carry this baby to term because it's, you know, and, and, and I cannot speak for a rape victim, but, but I feel like, you know, maybe if the government, the state, local state would provide, okay, we understand that this happened to you. So while we're working on prosecuting the person who did this to you, we're going to provide you shelter. We're going to provide you food. We're going to provide you free counseling. We're going to, we're going to pay to bring this baby into this world. And then here, these are the people that are going to raise this baby. And you find that this is a stand up ass couple. Then, you know, maybe if there was a support there, and and women knew and and people weren't trying and all these fucking evangelicals who <laughs> hate gays hate blacks but uh you know but but oh god don't don't take life <laughs> you know who 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 would who would stop a black woman from going to get an abortion but would then arrest her son you know or or feel like if her son was was killed by the police they would feel that it was a justified killing So I feel like if we have the resources in place and these women felt that they had 
the absolute security and support that they needed. And people stop. You know, if, if people would show up at Planned Parenthood for the right fucking reasons, then, you know, maybe, maybe the maybe the maybe there wouldn't be as many abortions. Um, but again, if if this is birth out of so much tragedy because we understand that we are really just spirits inside of bodies, then I would probably have to make the decision to not to not allow this spirit to to be birthed into so much chaos. Yeah. Like you said a lot of the things that I had on my mind, especially with you know, um the situation of like um the babies being birthed out of rape, mm-hmm. incest, you know, violent situations, chaotic situations. Um, I agree all with that. I'm literally like 100% pro-life. Mm-hmm. I, I stand on that. Mm-hmm. I don't think any situation should be, um, except those three that I said, mm-hmm. should be aborted. I, right. don't, I don't care that your college um education is gonna be stifled mm-hmm. by the fact that you had a drunken night well, i'm not yeah. I'm, i don't care that you know you can't afford it like you know i don't care bro i don't care because you made a decision in that moment when you let that man enter your body without a condom or birth control you made that decision right then and there a, a condom ain't nothing but 75 cents you know, so if you don't got 75 cents, sex should be the last thing on your fucking mm-hmm. mind. Yo. Now, I don't agree with it if, you know, you, you guys are just raw dogging yeah. each other. Yeah, yeah. if you're just then, raw dogging. That, and right. Those are the people that I'm, I'm I'm talking about. Right. It's those people. Oh, no. Uh, abortion that, is not a form of birth control. Yeah, those people right there. And... Am, do I think that the bill needs to be critiqued to protect these women that um do have um pregnancy out of a um incest and yeah, rape God, yes. and right. um, yes, yes of course but these women that are just going out and using abortion as, as birth, birth control, control I don't agree with no that. no yeah I am definitely pro life I think the bill needs to be critiqued. To protect those women, mm-hmm. and a, and according to CNN and other um, sources that I've looked up, those women that are incest or you know um, rape, mm-hmm. it's only one percent that gets like an wow. abortion from that. So wow. we're talking about okay. a very so we're small percentage. People who are just out here just doing. Yeah, it. we're talking about a very <laughs> small percentage. So it's very small. I I. I don't want to play with the semantics of, well, it's a fetus. And, oh, it's a bundle of cells and the ploy of, you know, well, it's just going to make women go out and go do it more because, you know, they're not getting it done legally. No, what it's going to do is raise the consciousness of women Mm -hmm. to be responsible and men to be responsible yes. of their sexual desires. Right. I don't want to raw dog you because I don't want you to go to fucking jail. I'm not going to raw dog you because I don't, I'm not going to let you raw dog me because I don't want to go to jail because this right. is illegal now. Right. right. I'm not mad at the bill because guess what? A large percentage of those women are like you said, they're using abortion as a fucking, 
birth control, and that's not fucking right. There also needs to be education about what happens to your body when you have an abortion. Mm -hmm. You know that can that so you you do that on a whim, and then when you are ready to have a baby, you may not be able you may not be able to yeah you know care your womb because you know you're going in and you know I mean these listen I'm not saying whether they're real doctors or not, but they're not going to give you the same care that my doctor gave me when I had my hysterectomy, you know, as, as, you know, hysterectomy mm-hmm. versus abortion, yep. you know, so you're, you're, you're really scraping that, you're making scar tissue, you're, you know, you are entering the womb, you, you know, you are invading the womb. And so at that point, when you are ready to have children, then you know, the, oh, I can't conceive, oh, I, my womb won't hold a baby. Yeah, well, it's pretty much like if you moved into a house that was fucked up. <laughs> yeah, I mean, So yes. you're putting a baby inside of a house that's already fucked up. Mm-hmm. The plumbing is fucked up. Mm-hmm. The, um, the, we'll the, call it insulation. Yeah, it's it's, it's, yes. uh, the insulation <laughs> fucked up. Everything's fucked up. So you, if a, a house don't... Legally in Texas, if a house doesn't have air condition, mm-hmm. then you can't move into it. It right. fails inspection. Right. That's what your wound is. Right. It failed inspection because the people previously, the abortion didn't tools right. that goes into there and scars all that tissue mm-hmm. in there, it makes your wound unable for your fetus or baby or whatever to live in. Mm-hmm. So it dies automatically. Or, or you have complications. Yeah. You have complications. So I um no, like I said, I, I I don't agree with it at all because being a mom is so amazing. But if it comes down to like you said, that one percent where a woman says, Look, I just I can't handle this. Okay, because this is this is something that's born out of out of tragedy. But if you just out there, you know, pussy popping and then you just <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I, you don't have my support. Yeah, you, you don't. And honestly, like, like just back to my point, like, I, like I said, I don't want to get into the semantics because mm-hmm. that's a great talking point mm-hmm. of people that are pro-choice. Mm-hmm. They say, oh well, it's just a fetus. It's just a bundle of cells. You know, well, those bundle ain't cells living things, right? Cells are living things. Those are the so, things that, we, that, that we're that trying make to protect you, as yeah. we are living beings. Exactly. Right. That protect you. They they grow into a human being. Mm-hmm. So if you get rid of them or kill them, if you got to kill something, that means it was alive at one point. But let's just understand that that you know we are we're all energy and something that pure that enters into your body is already operating at a higher vibration. Let's really embrace that, you know, you were blessed enough to, you know, have that energy enter into your womb. I was thinking about this today on the way over here when we were going over the topics. Like, I will not let anyone touch my my uh, my stretch marks. Because to me, that is like, you know, especially going back into our African heritage, how, you know, there's the scarring. And that means that I was given the privilege of being a mom. You know, that that means that I that my womb was blessed with the energy of these two amazing little girls to come into this earth. So we also need to understand that this is pure 
energy operating at its highest vibration that is in our womb. And we, you know, again, it's all about education of understanding who we are. Um, and I, and, and if we understand how precious this energy is, then I don't think we, that's, I guess my, my, uh, phrase for the day is pussy popping. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I mean, this, this, this is the most precious cargo in the world. So it definitely is. So with that being said, and I don't want to go like, I don't want to get too emotional because this is a very emotional topic for Mm -hmm. me because we're talking about kids and whether you think that it's a fetus or a bundle of cells or a kid or not a kid or whatever, it's something that is living inside of you, inside of a human being. I'm pro-choice. And this is, you know, when I look into the camera, it's something serious. I'm not a person that is someone that wants to take rights away from someone. But let's be honest. To all the pro-choice people out there, I'm with you. As long as your choice, do not kill something. Yes. And that means a human being, a plant, an insect, whatever. I I don't think that pro-choice has to do with killing something. I'm all for pro-choice. I'm for pro-choice like, Spring or distill, Kroger's or Walmart, chicken or beef. You know, those are the things that don't even kill nothing. But when but you, when your, when your choice comes down to killing something, that's where I have a problem, bruh. And I feel myself getting angry because I see these pro-choice people playing semantics, employees on the black community, and all of this other stuff. And it's not right. My thing is, if you're pro-choice, pick a better choice. Pick a better choice. Because I don't see killing something. Because your choice is killing someone. Mm -hmm. The choice that you made have killed someone. So pick a better choice. Why not the choice of choosing a condom? Because... (laughs) That solves this whole problem. A, what is what is a condom worth? Seventy five cents. I mean, okay, seventy five cents kills this whole conversation. And you got people out there that is literally telling people that it is their choice to be able to kill something that is living inside of them because they had a drunken night. They had a drunken night, a high night, or whatever night they had. It could just be a horny night. Yeah, whatever whatever night they had, they had that night, and now they're pregnant, and now they get a chance to kill it because Mm -hmm. they had that bad decision. Mm -hmm. And all of that could have been fixed with a 75 cents. And I'm, I'm sorry, if you ain't got 75 cents in your pocket, sex should be the last thing on your fucking mind. I don't disagree. I don't I, disagree. I, I get emotional about this because people are killing other people based on a bad decision that they made. Mm-hmm. So that baby that's inside of their stomach don't get chance to be president. They don't get chance to be Congress. They don't get chance to make moves here in this world. And they don't they don't get a choice in whether they, they live or die. Yeah, they don't get that choice. 
But guess what? You do. And you just have to make it over and over and over again until someone tells you that, no, you can't make it anymore. And then it's not fair. Then life is not fair. So shout out to all the mothers that decided to pull up their fucking bootstraps, go get a second job, stop crack or cocaine or whatever the fuck you was doing to provide for your kids because you knew that at the end of the day, I can't kill this person that doesn't have a choice just yet. I just, I want to reiterate, motherhood is, it's beyond love. And I'm telling you, being a mom, I can't even fathom not being a mom. So if anyone is listening to the sound of my voice that's trying to make that decision, motherhood is the greatest, the greatest gift on the face of this earth. Motherhood is great. Shout out to my mom, Linda Sheffield. You are great. I appreciate you for not aborting me so that I can do an hour crowder every fucking Friday and put it out on Tuesday. I shout you out. I love you. Because my mom is one of those moms that mm-hmm. work two jobs. Mm-hmm. AutoZone, Minyard, Kroger's. Mm-hmm. She held it down for me and my brothers and sisters mm-hmm. because she did not want to abort something that did not have a fucking choice, bruh. Mm-hmm. It's a 75 cents problem. 75 cents will buy you a condo. Well, but there's other ways. There there are other ways. No, no, too. no, wait, no. Wait, no, no, no. Wait, there are other ways. I don't ways. have sympathy for someone that has unprotected sex and fixes it with abort- abortion. I don't. And this is going to give me a lot of suck, but I don't. I don't care about you. I don't care about you. The small percentage, I, I, the large percentage of women that's going out there using abortion as a quick fix to erase your fucking mistakes. Mm-hmm. I don't have any sympathy for your whole ass. All I was going to say is there's more than one way to get an orgasm. You don't have to. <laughs> yeah, you don't have to. You don't have to. But um, unfortunately, these women decided to have sex unprotected and had a baby. Okay, let me retract. I'm talking to women that use abortion as plan B. If you don't have 75 cents, you don't have, what is plan B worth? 25 bucks, $25. If you don't have $75, you don't have $25. Don't show a hoe ass, go out there and have sex. Stop having sex. It's a 75 cents problem that you're costing someone a life that does not have a voice just yet. I'm tired of having sympathy for people. Y'all know that meme? That that meme where you're riding the bike and they stick the 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 branch in the in the stair in the wheels and then they fall and they're like, oh, oh. that's people that use abortion for that. And I'm not talking about the the small percentage. I know that sometimes molestation happens, rape happens, all of that. I'm not talking about them. I think. Uh, Oh, well, 
Now, that does introduce another dynamic, what happens when the condom breaks. So you did pay 75 cent and the condom breaks. Okay, and that's where I was going with. I think that there should be some critiques in that bill to protect that. And we actually looked that up today. Okay, me, but, okay. And my, me and my girlfriend, we looked that up today. It's called right. But here's the thing: paperwork. When you when you lay down, it doesn't matter. When you lay down, and this and this is in sex education, they tell you that in sixth grade, there's a chance that this condom is going to break. So then, do I then use that excuse that oh the condom broke and now I don't want to be a mom? Okay. I, I, now, if you want to talk about someone who doesn't cut for that, I don't cut for that shit either because when you lay down, you understand that there is still a chance. Okay. Condoms break, and, and everybody has taken sex education here. Yes. Condoms break because the condom is not the right size. God damn it. <laughs> it's not I'm the right size. <laughs> it's either too big or too little. Right. So you get the right condom. Hey, guys, go out there. Hey, don't be getting the Magnum when, when you're, you're really the small. Wear magnums. When you don't wear when Magnum, you don't wear Magnum. If you small, hey, own up gonna, to it. She she own the fuck up to it. She gonna take it or she not. That happens literally when you have the wrong <laughs> condom size. So the condom breaking or a good one that we went over. What happens when they slide the condom off? Without your knowledge. That, yes. Okay. At that point, you need to file report. It goes back to that black and white. You need to file a report. File a report for what, rape? It's called steltering. Okay. Um, Stelting. Stelting. Okay. It's like a borderline of rape, but it's not. So you go to the police department. You file it. But they can't foul it as rape, but they have a paper trail on you. Wait, as a guy, Malik not here. Sometimes the condom does slip off. It's not. It's We're not talking about slipping off. We're talking about when someone purposely does that to deceive you. No, but uh, uh, earlier we were talking about, well, hey, the condom breaks, it slips off, it does whatever. So at that point, I feel like we need, you guys need to come together as a collective, and figure out what the fuck y'all are going to do. Because I, me, honestly, I stand by this. Y'all need to put it up for adoption. Y'all need to figure out what the fuck y'all are going to do because I just don't believe in abortion. I don't. I don't. I don't think that someone that doesn't have a voice, that's like beating a fucking dog. That's literally what it feels oh, like to me whenever you abort somebody. You're you're beating someone that does not have a voice. Yeah, a dog can say, oh, 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 but it doesn't really register in our fucking human brains that they're saying, stop, stop beating me. Stop beating my ass. Stop trying to kill me. Mm-hmm. You know, I just, I will stand on this forever. This is the hill that I am going to die on. I don't believe in abortion. I don't care what the circumstances is, except, except for that yeah. small portion. Now, if you somebody out there, even if the condom slips off, hey, you need to come but up with some plans. Guess, you need right, to come up with some plans. How the how how are we gonna off. Yeah, yes. how are we gonna have this? Was this condom too big for your dick? Was it too small for your dick? What happened? Because the condom just don't slip off. I look. I've had my fair share of men, 
and the condom ain't slipped off. Not and, and one. And it made you go to women. Huh? And, 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 and then buku men and the condom ain't slipped off. I'm not saying that they got the right size or the wrong size, but I'm just saying that's a very small percentage. The women that we're talking about is a large percentage of women that have $200 in their pocket. and they Oh, abortions are too? I thought them joints were like $1,000. It's really yeah. cheap. Yeah. Come on now. Hey, look, that shit's cheap. But you know, the funny thing is, and you look at the irony of it, let's say if, let, if, let, 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 let's let's say if they had up. a family member who was killed, and I'm thinking, you know, first 48 stuff here, and then, you know, when they find out, oh, you killed my brother, and then the person says, well, somebody gave me $500 to kill him. You killed my brother for $500? Well, you took a life for $500. You know, looking, looking at the irony of it, just, you know, I just, I, again, I... I'm a mom, and I just encourage you, if you get pregnant, just try motherhood because it's so amazing. It's it, so amazing. It really is. It's amazing. I, I mean, I'm not I'm not a mother, but I have a mom. She loves me. Mm-hmm. Hey, still live at home with my, my mom, my sister. I love her. I love my mom for choosing life, choosing mm-hmm. my life. And I'm sorry for all of those people that – don't think motherhood is amazing or don't want to have it because your college degree is going to be fucked up. Mm. Oh, well, I've seen so many people, so many women make it, <laughs> you know, make it and yeah. make it and, and work harder and end up because becoming of their better kid. because of their kids. Women who are like, I was just going to get a bachelor. Now they're doctors because of their children, your and, children, your children drive you to excellence. My kids, like I, like even, even in my career right now, like I'm, I'm, you know, was content or content to a point. But I remember uh, my my oldest one, is our, she's already decided she's going to be a surgeon. Like, she has it laid out. My youngest one is, is she's just so artistic. My, my God, this, uh, she took uh, today before uh, I left the house, she took some balloons that we bought for her birthday party. She cut them up. And when I tell you she made, like, some jazzy-ass outfits, like, I looked at one of these dolls and, she, I mean, this, like, she cut this up into different, I mean, she's so artistic. And I remember telling someone, I, I'm I'm a licensed adjuster. I said, you know, one day I'm going to be standing in between a surgeon and a, a, a fashion icon. I'd be damned if the legacy that I leave for my children is that they mama is out here pulling and, pulling on fenders and bumpers. Like, your children cause you to strive for excellence, you know, and and like like you said, you you see it on you see it on social media where, you know, women have said, "Hey, I I found out I was in college, I was pregnant. The dad didn't, or the dad did, and now and you see these women, you know, with 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 doctorate regalia on. Your children push you into a level of excellence that you would have never considered if it had not been for the fact that, like I said, the last podcast at the beginning and the end of the day, it's all about my two babies." It's such an amazing experience. I'm, I will never let my mother watch this podcast because she's <laughs> saved, sanctified, and Holy Ghost filled. And and I curse too much. Right. But my mom, you <laughs> I'm know, trying my to mom, clean it up, bro. my mom was a single mom. She held shit down. I mean, my God, this woman, this woman, whew, I mean, she held it down. And she's a strong, 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 strong woman. So, you know, my mom, my mom, she's crazy, but she's amazing. So, Thank you to her for, you know, saying I'm going to be a mom. It's just, I, I, like I said, the, the, my takeaway on this is just try it. Just try it because I promise you there's only one thing in this. There's on, 
There are only two places where I get unconditional love, where I get no judgment, where I get absolute forgiveness, where I get nonstop encouragement, and that's from my children. And it's amazing. And you're not going to find that anywhere else. So just try it. Just try motherhood. It's freaking amazing. Man, say shout out to all the mothers that chose life. And my babies. That's all I got to say. I, I ain't got no sympathy for nobody that out here having unprotected sex and then stick the branch in the bicycle and then say, ouch. All I know is they badass. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. Drag me over the internet. I don't care. I don't care. I mean, so, okay. So don't drag me over the internet, right? Drag me, please. And come to an hour with Crowder so I can debate you. Please. Okay. I'd rather them, so that goes into our other topic. So, uh, cancel culture. So when you say drag me, then it automatically made me think about how your opinion, what you believe in, could ultimately make somebody wake up and decide to cancel us before we even get started. So your thoughts on cancel culture. Fuck cancel culture. Okay. <laughs> because it's just another way to control us. It's another yeah. way to, you know, um, bring this new media. You know, podcasting is new. Uh, YouTube being the primary pro- platform for people to look at. People don't look at fucking TV anymore. Mm-mm. They look at YouTube. They look at TikTok. They look at Instagram. They look at Facebook. They don't care anything about TV. You know when TV died? When subscriptions happen with um, oh, HBO, I can watch. Netflix, all you these. Look at my phone look, right now. You, you don't even <laughs> have to have. Look, we don't even have cable at our house Mm-mm. right now. Mm-mm. We have just sixty dollars wireless connection. Exactly. And then we got Netflix. We got HBO. Got HBO we got, got all Hulu. these little apps now. Yes. TV died. TV's dead. So now, what's the new TV? The internet is the new TV. That's why you see ads. Yes. That's why you see people um, advertising stuff. You know, Jamel, um, what's the Urkel dude? Jamel Hill? Oh, yeah, what I got his name? weed. Jaleel White. Janelle White. Ja- Jamel Hill is the... the That's ESPN. ESPN. Yeah, oh, okay. I'm, I'm very sorry. Your ass is I, about to get us canceled. I, I really <laughs> love you. You're a great woman She's amazing. Woman that person. is an articulate woman who keeps it 1,000. Man, but, but like to my point, like, dude... Internet is the new TV. So they, the powers to be, is trying to infiltrate themselves into YouTube, into these other medias of how people get their information. Because now everybody's saying, damn, the news is bullshit. And so. I I, I told you guys, I said, I call it that show called the news. Yeah. Because. It's a show. The only thing that you can get that is even is remotely more than 50% accurate and not all the time is the weather. And, and honestly in Texas, you don't need that shit. We understand that it's going to rain and it's going to be humid. And then three hours later, it's going to be 95 degrees outside. Exactly. So outside of that, the, it is a show. It is a reality show of opinions. Exactly. Thank you. That is the perfect way that I could put it. Council culture is just another way of, you know, basically censoring us. And I don't care because guess what? Soon all this stuff is going to be ran greatly. 
Okay. Without, Bye. It's going to be ran greatly. So. LeVar Burton. We need to get you a mic. They can hear me, I hope. LeVar Burton from Reading Rainbow. He did an interview recently, and he said it was more consequence culture because for years people have been saying everything with no consequence. And now people have to have consequences for what they're saying. So he says it's consequence culture instead of cancel. I think people need to stand on what they say. Like it, like me saying that pro-life rant, guess what? I have to stand on that. And I might get canceled for it, then nobody might not look right. at my show, and they might deflate my numbers and shadow ban me, but I don't give a fuck. Because guess what? I stand on that. I stand on that as a person. I don't care about whatever it is. And whoever going to watch me is going to watch me, and whoever is not is not. And if I get paid for this, great. If I don't, Fine, whatever, because guess what? I'm about giving information to the people. So consequences, okay? You think about I The consequences is money, fame. Right. That's no, it. What I'm saying is, is that, yes, it should be a consequence culture if you are really saying some really terrible shit. You know, you or you, you know. The, no. Wait, no, wait a minute. No, wait, no. wait, wait, Mm-mm. wait. So, okay. It, I feel like there should be a consequence if, you know, someone gets up there and says, ah, nigger, 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 nigger. Okay. So, wait so a what? Minute, but wait a minute. But wait a minute. Wait. Wait. If we understand the context and the historical background to it, then, and we understand that this in reality is is something that's going to really and truly injure someone, you know, then I do I think that you should be canceled? No. Do I think that that there are other forms? Because there's there's more than one way to just handle a consequence. You can't just, you know, throw someone away as as to give them that consequence. Now, if you decide that, you know, this is your opinion on something, I don't feel that there's a consequence to it. Just like just like last week, I found out that you and I have opposing political. Uh, <laughs> opinions. What if I was like, ah, fuck her. I'm not coming back. I cancel you instead of sitting there and saying, okay, but why do you feel this way? And so with cancel culture, um, I don't, I don't think that what we're seeing in, in the majority of the cases is a consequence culture. I think we're seeing you piss me off. You're done. Yep. Okay. Now, like I said, and, and, and I can't say this word, but in, in the LGBT community for a long time, they used to call them the F words. Oh, faggot. Right. You say that. I mean, uh, <laughs> right. So, I mean, but you say that and, you know, that 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 has the potential That's to like- wound a lot of people. Do I feel like you need to be canceled? Not necessarily, but there needs to be a consequence to it. And, the, and canceling someone cannot be the only consequence. That's like, that's like if my daughter's. Um, I don't know why I'm just so in love with my children. They better clean that damn house by the time I get home. Yeah, but- you probably <laughs> need to stop. Uh, you probably stop, need to stop bitching them on the podcast. Because I know I'm going to get home. I'll be like, what the? F-? But let's just say if everything they did, I whipped their ass. So if they accidentally knock a glass over, I'm going to whip your ass. Or if they, like, uh, there's a pet peeve of mine. I saw it when I pulled up here. I don't like when people leave stuff, like, in your little 
uh, what is it, in your car, your little cup. So the little, yeah, I, I, I can't stand that. So if they do it the first time, what if I haul off and just backslap the shit out of my daughter for leaving a, her mask in my little cup holder? Or, or if, if, you know, heaven forbid, my daughter gets caught with a boy and I just slap the shit out of him. What, what, see, and that's, and that's what I feel cancel culture is. There's only one response. If I do catch my daughter with a boy, that shit's going to hurt me, but that's not the time to slap the shit out of her. If, you know, if my kids accidentally knock over, you know, they're, they're different. Now, if I catch some more tissue in my cup holders, there's going to be a different consequence. Look, and I don't think that's what's happening. Look, me, honestly, I say for co- cancel culture because this is America and we have the right to say and do whatever we want to. Honestly, it, the, the consequences, you have to deal with them yourself. I, I don't have any control over that. Mm-hmm. I don't care what that that consequence is. But you should be able to say that. You know, and honestly, I feel like the world is split up in the world. I feel like the world is in the middle. We don't really agree with, you know, the extreme or we don't. Ag- I think we uh, agree uh, with how we feel that day. No, no, I, I do. I mean, we agree with what we feel that day. I think we're having more nah, emotional nah, nah, responses. Nah, 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 nah. No, I don't think that we agree with what we feel that day because ultimately you're going to go with what you feel overall, even if you're having a bad day, like, you know, with the whole abortion thing that we just went over, Mm -hmm. you know, even if I'm having a bad day and uh, I don't even have an analogy for it, but on overall, I'm going to pick the middle. Most people are in the middle with everything. It's just this bullshit ass left and right gray area. Yeah, most people are in the gray area. That's why I get so mad about politics, and that's what I wanted to shake Malik last week. Because I'm I just like, want to shake him because I don't like him. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> get out of politics as a black person. Because first of all, we don't even have the leverage. And second, they don't respect us because we don't own anything. We have no leverage in politics. We're literally just voting to vote at this point. I mean, they they, they come around and 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 they we're, you know they take us out on a date and kiss us on the cheek and then we start shucking and jiving for them. Exactly, exactly. We don't get it. have <laughs> any leverage, so they're only using us to get their little numbers mm-hmm. in. But that's not the point. The point that I'm really trying to make is that at the end of the day, most people are gray. It's just these bullshit-ass tribalistic errors that we have in us as human beings since the day of dawn that we just stick with that tribalistic shit. We want to belong to something. So when the left or the right says something, we think that we have to go all down the list of everything. And this is just an example. This isn't really like a big point, but this is just an example of it. When the right says, oh, well, you got to be pro-life and Mm -hmm. you got to be conservative and you got to do this and this and this. If you don't go down that whole checklist, oh, well, you're not a a, a right. You're you're not Republican. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. then if you don't agree with pro-choice and LBGT and Mm -hmm. everything, actually a better example, I'm LBGT. I don't really agree. I really don't understand or agree with trans. Mm -hmm. I don't. 
I, I don't understand. Hey, gay is already out. If you want to date a girl as a, a man, I mean, as a woman, you can do that. You don't have to change your whole damn, you know, thing or body into a woman to date another woman. Okay. You know, you ain't got to do that. I don't, the point is, I don't agree with everything that, the LBGT community puts out for me. I have my own mind. I have my own stance on things. And I get a lot of slack from the LBGT community on those point of views. But most people are in the right. And I feel like cancel culture is taking you either to one, the mm -hmm. far mm -hmm. side or the far other side. And there's no in between. I, I, um, have, and I'll, I'll, I'll respond to it this way, I have an amazing therapist, black woman, phenomenal, Dr. Monique Thompson for anyone who needs therapy, and yes, she does accept insurance. Absolutely phenomenal. But I had a therapy session uh, this week, and, you know, we were going over, you know, some things, and I said, well, I feel like I dot, 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 dot. And she said, well, you know, not necessarily. She said, you know, sometimes you feel this way. Sometimes you feel this way. Sometimes you feel this way. And she said, and that's okay, because we can't always be all the, like you said, all the way to the right or all the way to the left. The way that the human mind works is it's okay to be, like you said, I'm, I'm a part of the LGBT community, but I don't necessarily agree with this. And we are in a culture that does not allow you, which this woman is, is a licensed professional, and she has years of being a counselor, which from my session with her helps me to understand that to force someone to be all the way right or all the way left really goes against the way that our brain works. It's okay to be sometimes here and sometimes there. Yeah. And, and yeah, but whenever you say sometimes here, sometimes there, that's usually the gray because I agree with some mm -hmm. of the stuff that, and we're just using politics as an example. I, I agree with some of the things that the right is saying because mm -hmm. I honestly do. But what's wrong with and gray? I, Nothing's wrong okay. with gray. Most people are gray, right? And, but they don't understand it because they have this tribalistic fucking mindset. I want the the the, the desire to be absolute, to absolutely yeah, belong on the, to be that's absolute. That's the thing is that most this the media tricks us into being absolute. absolute. As a human, mm -hmm. you are never fucking absolute mm -hmm. ever in life. You're not. I know niggas still listen to R. Kelly. And he been dating fucking but, Aaliyah. But D.L. Hughley said, he responded. He said, okay, but y'all still listening and singing a national anthem. Okay, so, yeah, that's that's a perfect grade. Most people, because guess what? At, at the end of the day, this is, uh, I mean, a um, Star Spangled Banger or whatever. A Star Spangled Banner. Yeah. Or that, either way, yeah, they're whatever. all born out of, you know, Yeah, they're racism. all born out of yeah. racism. But at the end of the day, what do you do when you're a... Um, you're you're a vet. What do you mm -hmm. do when you're a army? when I want when I want to play pay yeah, homage to our black it, vets who then experience racism inside of the military? Exactly. Yes. Or that I'm just a pay, I'm just a patriotic person. Mm -hmm. I went to the army. I served. I love this country that I live in. But on the other side, this shit racist as fuck. Right. Right. So which side do you stand on? You stand in the fucking gray. Most people are gray, and they don't understand it because the media has tricked our ass into being absolute, which no human being is fucking mm -hmm. absolute. You're never going to be absolute. Do you always eat oranges? No, motherfucker. No. I want an apple sometime, nigga. I want an <laughs> apple. 
<laughs> Shit, I want an apple sometimes, bro. You don't always just be absolute. I don't understand this whole thing of being just absolute. I'm in the gray all the time. That's why I strayed away from politics because they force you to be absolute. Mm -hmm. They force you down this checklist, and when you don't check off on them, then they say, you're you not right or yeah. you're not left. And then when you say, oh, I'm in the gray with politics, then you're libertarian. Guess what? They got a fucking checklist, too. <laughs> So fuck politics altogether, and that's just an example. But I honestly don't even pay attention to council culture, okay. and that's why it's important for people to own their own. That's why, in a sense, I love Joe Budden. Even though he did all that fuck shit, I love him because guess what? At the end of the day, nobody can never cancel that nigga. Why? Because he owns his own network. Okay, but so here's, here's that gray area where I feel like cancel culture doesn't doesn't allow us to be in. It's absolutely okay for you to love everything that he says. It's absolutely okay for you to respect his, his mannerisms. It may be even actually okay for you sitting here as the CEO of this to say, there are some things that I'm going to take from this brother. Because what it sounds like to me is that he did not have investors or partners. He had employees. And maybe that worked for him. But cancel culture will say, um, but then, like you said, you've expressed that you disagree with some other things. Like you said, and from what I'm gathering from you is cancel culture says, nope, you got to hate him altogether or fuck you. Exactly. I don't think that's fair. And guess what? I hate him for the way that he did his friends. I hold friendship to a high standard mm -hmm. because I have a very small family. So when you're my friend, you're literally family at that point. Right. And so I don't respect that. But guess what? I I respect his business. But uh, let's let's say it's okay to respect his business his his business acumen if you are going to have employees. Right? But, but me honestly, and that's where I think he went about it wrong. I don't I I don't want nobody to be employees. I'm going to pull everybody up. Whenever I get a studio, right guess what? Okay. Whenever so I get a studio, Guess what? I'm 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 pulling Heather Heather right, up. I'm pulling Malik up. I'm pulling you up. I'm pulling Elliot up. Hundred member podcast. Then once you get past the four of us, you gonna have to start doing some employee shit. Yeah, for sure. But guess what? I'm always gonna come back and try to. And it doesn't matter if it's a hundred or it's one. I'm always gonna make sure that you have something going. Something else going on besides this fucking podcast. And that's now, good. if you want to just have this podcast, great. But even with my trucking company, I'm I'm gonna start doing my own thing in September. I want to employ people, but at the end of the day, guess what? And I want to employ felons because I I was Absolutely. a felon. So guess what? In black felons, mm -hmm. black men and felons. Mm -hmm. So at the end of the day, guess what? You're a felon. You're black. You're working for me, but at the end of the day, I'm having these classes every Wednesday to tell you how to get a contract with Amazon, get your truck, how to figure out how money. to do a um, motherfucking mm -hmm. loan. I'm doing everything because I don't want you to work for me forever. I want to bring in more felons because felons is always a thing. Mm -hmm. So I don't want a whole bunch of people working for me forever. Let's get some new blood in here. The company only grows when you have new That's people. Right. So why do I want old people still here? No, go get your own company so you can bring in more wealth for the black community. 
need to regentrify. Exactly. I don't want people working for me forever. Go get your own stuff and blo- employ more black people. That's right. I'm not keeping people forever. That's where that that's what companies do to us. Yeah. I've been at my job for they, three years. They, I'm the best person on the fucking on the fucking ledger. The and they still reward. haven't fucking put me up to another level. The ultimate reward is not to retire from a company 30, 35 years later. Exactly. That's Have not your the own. ultimate reward. Have that's your bullshit, own. Have honestly. your own. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. And if these companies are not elevating you to either be the manager or closer Fucking to the manager. CEO, then they're not they're not there for you. They want to keep you at the same level that you're at because guess what? I make them more money being a driver than being a, a manager. Right. So they why would they promote me as a manager? Right. I make them more money as a driver. That's just business economics. Right. I would do it too if I was them, you know, if I was that sleazy ass nigga. Like, oh, well, they make me more money. Great. Keep her there. Right. Why, why would I promote her? So she can be in the office all day and I can have all these other knuckleheads fucking up everything, mm-hmm. not finishing their damn routes? Why would I do that as a business person? I wouldn't. I would keep you right fucking there. Right. Making all the thousands of dollars for me. But speaking of cancel culture, I seen something on Facebook that really struck up a conversation with me because guess what? You know, I do have a white girlfriend, and it was something along the lines of, um, do you think that, uh, are you less woke if you date outside your race? Now, you've dated Indian and outside of your race. I've dated plenty of times outside of my race. I have my beautiful, you know, girlfriend here. She ain't too mad. She's too, she's kind of mad at me right now. (laughs) But... You know, shit, you know, we, I, I, I do date outside of my race and I do, you know, talk a lot of black, blackity, black, black, black shit, mm-hmm. pro black shit. And I do probably think that people look at me like, oh, you got a white girlfriend. Mm-hmm. What do you think? What so, say you? So we, the, the three of us know what my audition tape was about. My audition tape was about black men dating white women. Um, my audition tape, however, um, focused on black men who talk negatively about black women because they're dating outside of their race. Um, As black women, we do not care who you date. Just stop talking shit about us, okay? (laughs) Just just stop. Just stop talking shit about us. Stop. Just stop. Stop being a bitch, you know, because because Keisha – and 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 Lakeisha and you know, uh, you know because and I'm being very stereotypical here, but you know because they hurt you, um and 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 I feel like it's absolutely disrespectful to women of other races that you would even approach a woman to say, well, I'm gonna get with you because you know, black women are this, this and that. If I was another, if I was one of them, I'd be like, man, fuck you, you know, fuck <laughs> you. I'm Don't basic. think that you're gonna come over here and be able to do me any type of way. So. That that's my issue. That's my issue. Do not disrespect the black womb, you know, because you want to date someone outside of another race. I don't feel that you should approach the situation by saying I'm going to date somebody outside of my race. Um, the the guy 
and I and 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 I said this. I was so shocked. Unfortunately, because of all the negativity that black women receive, I was shocked that an Indian man thought that I was gorgeous. First thing I said, I said, I didn't think you liked sisters. And he said, black women are so beautiful, this, this, and that. Um, when the first time I saw him, my reaction wasn't, oh, he's Indian. I was like, damn, he's fine. That was I was like, oh, you know, and it was it was just something different about him. Um my concern in the relationship was not so much that I wouldn't be woke. I was concerned, and I would say this was just because of who he was, that we would have to have those uncomfortable conversations because of who he was. Um, and and it wasn't, and I can't say it was because he was racist or anything. He was an engineer, and he, you know, just read books and watched Netflix all day. So I don't, I don't think he kind of came outside of his own world. Um, but at no point in time did I ever feel that um, I was less black. Um, you know, we had we had a conversation because he asked me. He dated a Nigerian woman before me. He said, "So what's the difference between African and black?" I told him. You know, um, like I said, my. My last name is South African. My mom is from Louisiana. So we had those conversations. Um, I was concerned that if there is, unfortunately, another uprising or if I really did get into a situation where, because I stand for my people, I was concerned if he would understand. But at no point in time did, one, I seek him out because he wasn't black, or did I ever feel that, I was less woke. I'm going to stand for my people every day, no matter what. So um, I don't feel that people should date for skin color. I feel like, listen, if you see somebody, and and I feel like this is my requirement, if you will, I should put this shit into law. When you see somebody, you should be like, God damn. You know, you should be mesmerized. You should be like, damn. If you don't do that, then don't date, no matter what color. So... I feel like dating should be based off of when I see you and my first thought of you is, oh, my God. Then that's genuine dating, not by color, just by what I feel when I first lay eyes on you. So so my thing with the whole woke thing is so many, like, sectors of this thing. It's like I think that black people have created this caricature of woke. Okay. You know, and they think that it's the bean pie selling ass motherfucker on the street that got the like, you know. That I know the (laughs) 10 rules of of the Black Panther (laughs) Party. Yeah, it's like, yeah, the why you think they named the concrete black concrete <laughs> because the black people is down in the ground and I'm just like oh like why do we have to like do this but honestly I do think that dating outside of your race does hurt the culture yeah you didn't think that I was gonna say that because I got a white girlfriend but it does it it, it it does hurt the culture because guess what when you date outside of your race, then and, and you marry, then things like life insurance, something just so small as life insurance, if they outlive you, then guess where that wealth is going? To the white community. Exactly. So it does, in a sense, hurt your 
hurt the community because, you know, finances is our biggest thing right now. Economics, financial literacy, you know, things like that. Anything dealing with money, the black community is not up to speed with it. So when you have things like that, yeah, it does hurt, bro. It hurts really bad. But me, going back to the first point, because we've created this character of what woke is and this checklist of mm-hmm. what woke is and everything, then we think that, oh, well, you got to be black. Got to buy black. Right. You got to drive a black Benz. Eh, all this bullshit. And I'm just like, okay, I could have a black girlfriend, but if she pussy popping and see, twerking and everything, that- then is she the queen or the black person that I need to be with? When I could have this white girl that understands where what are not understands but have empathy for what I'm going through because that's the one thing that I I hear over and over and over again is that if you date someone white or you date someone outside of your race then they'll never be able to understand. Well, let's stop here. No, let's... wait a minute. Hold on. Let me finish my point. Okay. They'll never be under able to understand the hardship that you go in mm-hmm. in this community. They'll never have sympathy. I ain't looking for sympathy. What are you looking for? Nothing. I could stand on my own. Okay. Guess what? I don't need my girlfriend to be black. When I got my mama this black, I got my brother this black, I got my sister this black, and I got my friends this black. I'm not looking for sympathy from my significant other. I don't care if she knows what the hardships of being black in America is. I don't care about that stuff because guess what? I understand that, and the people that are around me that are not white understand that. So I can go to any outlet in my family and in my community and my friend network to get that sympathy that I need. But me? Is it sympathy or support? I I, I don't need sympathy. I don't need – guess what? You can get that from your friends. You can get that from your family. You can get that from your coworkers that are black. You can get sympathy from anyone. But I don't need sympathy. I'm prideful. So what do I you need I, I don't in need, a relationship? Look, I need you to fuck me good. I need you to cook. <laughs> no, but on a, on a serious tip, I need love, but I don't need that type of she love. She is turning I, red. I don't, need, I, I, don't, I don't need that type of love, bro. I don't need that type of love. I don't need someone feeling sorry for me every okay. time the cops pull me over or every time... You know, someone didn't give me your um the the promotion over a white person. And leave, leave the fucking company, leave the fucking company. Or if you get pulled over by the cops, hey, go ahead, do what you gotta do. Get out, get the fuck home so you can tell her about the shitty day that you had with the cop. Do whatever you gotta do. But I don't need sympathy from my girlfriend. I just, I just don't. I, I don't care. I stand on my own too. I'm prideful. I don't need that from my significant other. If I want to go cry, I'm going to go cry to my mom. That's the person that really understands me. I don't need my girlfriend for that. I don't cry in front of my girlfriend. Okay. So, I'm, I'm not offensive. I'm just saying that it's this thing with the black community that we need sympathy from everywhere. Oh, you need to... You, you need to have sympathy for me as a white person and a white ally. You need to have sympathy for me, corporate. You need to have sympathy for me, police. 
if we start doing for self, we don't need sympathy. Mm-hmm. I can agree with that. We don't need sympathy if we start doing for self. So I don't need my girlfriend to have sympathy for me. I'm the dominant one in my relationship. I'm not going to go cry to her about some shit that happened to me at work because I didn't get a fucking promotion. I'm going to leave the company. That's what I'm doing right now. Saving money to go get my own trucks. Fuck where I work at. They're not going to promote me? Fine. They're going to promote some white dude? Fine. I'm going to save my money and go get my own fucking trucks. I, I don't need it. Honestly, that's just my take on it. Anybody else can have their own take on it. I don't need sympathy from my white girlfriend about my black problems because I have a black mother, I have a black sister, I have black friends that I can go to at any time and go spew whatever aggressions that I have on how the world is treating me as a black person. She ain't never going to understand anyways. So why the fuck am I going to go cry to her the fuck about it? All I was going to say is let's stop limiting interracial relationships to white and black. Um, because like you said, and, and, and we hear that in the world culture, how you going to have a white girl? How you go? Let's stop limiting it to just one race. I think Issa Rae did a phenomenal job in uh, the movie she put out on Netflix where she was in a relationship with an Indian man. I don't know. Maybe I'm partial to Indian guys. I know. As soon as I said it, I was like, Rick, like this is not working. Fucking Indian man. But you can't get away from him. Let's, let's, stop, let's stop this narrative that an interracial relationship is only black and white. Um, I, I am with you um, as far as when I'm in a relationship, I just want to be in a relationship. You know, I, I just, you know, but I also would want you to understand or to try to understand just like I will give him credit he said what is the difference between you know Africans and black black Americans I don't mind explaining that I don't if I do get pulled over by the cops and I'm upset and I'm fearful and you don't understand even if you don't understand allow me to have that conversation with you if unfortunately, my God, why are you if, having uh, the conversation when he's not even gonna understand anyway? He because that's my ma- because that's my man. Yeah, and and it and, is. and whether I have a conversation, well, wait a minute, whether I have a conversation about being pulled over by the cops, or if I get home tonight and my kids haven't cleaned up, or 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 if I need to get my nails done, or if I want to talk about finances and politics, I need to be able to talk to you. Uh, and for every subject that touches that spectrum. Yeah, now, I'm not looking for sympathy, but just in a relationship, just off the foundation of a relationship, I want you to understand me. Just like if he bought something to me about the Indian culture, I may not understand yeah, it. That's but, what I'm but, but I'm going to be there to listen. And I'm going to pick up his vibe to see if this is a conversation where he just wants me to listen or if this is a conversation where he wants me to be engaged and say, really, babe? Well, what about that? Oh, okay. Well, I like you can pick up on when, when your partner just needs to vent or when they want you to be engaged. And that ain't got shit to do with race. That has everything to do with love. Yeah, it does. But with this whole, oh, well, you're less woke. Mm, no, but you're not. Then, then you're really not. And that's what I was trying to say is that, like, 
I, I don't I don't I don't care if I want sympathy. I'm gonna if I want someone to and, and sympathy isn't like some pity party. It's someone that actually well, understands. Empathy is understanding. Yeah, sympathy empathy is mourning. Exactly. Okay. So they understand exactly what I could I could come and tell you about you know. Um, Hey, damn! I didn't get this motherfucking position at and work. And I understand that's a black and person. You understand mm-hmm. that shit. You feel that shit in your mm-hmm. heart. If I go and tell Heather, as much as she understands how people get passed up, she will not really fully understand it from. Do you my feel like she won't feel it? Yeah, she won't feel it okay. from a black person perspective. And she's not supposed to. But as your she's lady, white, she's going she to give understand. you her support. Yeah, yeah, right. great support, whatever. That's great. I don't, I, 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 do, do you really need support from someone that's not really fully, honestly, understanding from a black perspective i think you need it from both i mean that's just that's just i like don't it need is. it from both but, but i mean this, if it, I wanna, it depends if I, on the situation if, sometimes sometimes if, i'll call my home girl and i'll be like fuck this fuck this fuck that and then sometimes i'll call my man and be like babe i just they're different conversations but you get support from both people but see i guess that's where i'm different because i'm not even going to even engage in a conversation with somebody that don't even really under fully understand where I'm coming from. Okay. I can vent. That's great. I've been about my job all the fucking time to her. Like she, Oh, you know, these motherfuckers doing this and that she, she get it. But I guess the analogy would be me talking about truck driving, how shitty the truck driving feel Mm -hmm. is to you. And you don't understand not a word of it. You're nodding your head and you're saying, yeah. And you're trying to, you know, correlate things in your mm-hmm. job, how it aligns with mine to yes. understand. But you don't really fully understand. I but don't I, feel it. Yeah. You know, feel it, understand, whatever. If I say, hey, you need to press the air brakes when you stop the truck mm-hmm. and not just, you know, stop the truck. Right. You ain't going to understand that. Do you understand that? No. Exactly. So it, wh- what? What you need a mic, ma'am? I do need a mic, but listen, you sharing your black experience with me helps me understand. I don't want to say on the mic. You telling me your black experience is helping me understand as a white person, so I can understand the issues. I don't. I'm. I'm not necessarily going to feel it, but I can understand it. So, like. For example, an older white person that doesn't have any black friends, they're going to have prejudices and, you know, racist thoughts because they have no black people around them to understand the experiences that they're having. So they're thinking, oh, racism's not real. That's not going on. But if they had black friends that were sharing their black experiences with them, then they would be like, that is happening. It's not happening to me, but it's happening to mm-hmm. somebody and I didn't know that until that black person told me their experience. So sometimes you do need to vent to me so I can understand and go tell my other white people that don't know, that don't have any black people telling them their experience. Who can feel where she's coming from. I just want to get it out. Thank you. Yeah, I, I get all that, but I guess I'm just cut from a different cloth. I'm cut from a different cloth. I don't care. I just don't care. I don't want to talk to somebody that don't actually 
feel, you know, because you, you keep inserting that. So I think I'm, that I'm, I feel I'm, like I'm, that I operate more something. off of spirit. So I'm going to be like feel yeah. and yeah, touch. Feel. and Yeah, I, I just, I they're never going to feel how I felt when I got pulled over by mm-hmm. the police. They're never going to feel how I felt when I didn't get that promotion and I've been working my fucking ass off and this dude that came in three days later and did two routes, got the promotion. They're mm. never going to feel how I felt when another black man gets shot down. They're mm. never going to feel that. So, honestly, I get where you're coming from with it, and I get where you're coming from with it, but why the fuck would I talk about that with somebody that don't feel that? Don't feel that energy that I feel. I need to talk about, some, I need to talk about it with somebody that feel that so that they can actually give me the advice that I need. Because when you don't feel the feelings that I feel, you can't give me sound mm-hmm. advice. You can, That's but you can't really give me that sound advice that I need at that time because you don't really feel that shit, mm-hmm. bro. You don't. I so can. why do I, why do I, and it's not that I'm not going to talk to you about it. I will vent to you about it. But my mom knows what it feels like. She told me stories about how she got passed up because some, you know, Mexican or whatever. And this isn't racist. I'm not saying anything. It's just statistics. But this is just what it is. Mm-hmm. She's told me stories about how she's gotten passed up on, on, on promotions. So when I come to her about something, about a promotion that I got passed up on, she feel she that shit, it. bro. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Heather. You do not feel that shit. And that ain't no diss to you. It's just saying that you're in a different spectrum in this world that I am. And you cannot feel that shit. So why would I talk to you about things that you cannot feel? Because she's trying, she stated she's gaining understanding. Yeah. And she's being an advocate for change. Gaining understanding does not do anything for how I feel in the moment right then and there. Right then and there, I need to vent and I need somebody to tell me sound advice how they feel. Because guess what? She can tell me sound advice. But guess what? Your your advice comes solely from how you feel. Mm-hmm. Did you experience that? If you tell a white person in the 1950s, how did it get how did it feel to get sprayed with a water hose? They can't tell you. Mm-hmm. They can't tell you. Cause they didn't get sprayed with a water hose, even though they was in the same fight that the black person was in. They can't tell you that. They didn't feel it. And that's where I'm coming with it from is that it's a difference between the sympathy and the empathy. Mm-hmm. You can feel the sympathy. You can only understand the empathy. That's true. Question. Uh, but can she tell you why they did it? Like, you can tell you how it feels, but she can tell you why. I know why they did it. I don't, I don't I don't need her to tell me why I've been here for 31 years. I know exactly why they did it. Cause corporate loves white faces. Police love shooting black people. <laughs> I, I ain't gotta tell hey, Heather, why why the cops shoot the black person? Exactly. I I don't need her to tell me that. I don't need her to tell me that. I've been there 31 years. I know exactly why they did it. <laughs> I don't need her to tell me that. You know? So it's like I don't need anyone to have empathy for me. I don't need anyone to have sympathy. I, 
I need someone to have sympathy for me, but I need someone to have sympathy for me that can feel it. Not just understand it. Because they feel it. Feel it. And only my black people can feel that. And this ain't no, no racist shit, but only black people can feel what black people go through, and only white people can feel what white people go through. Even if you switch it, you switch roles. When a black person goes and call a white person racist, that's not racist. You know, Heather hang around black people all the time. And guess what? Clearly. They don't know this because I talk shit on my podcast, but they probably think that she has an influence on how I think. When guess what? We're polar fucking opposites. She goes against everything that I say. Everything from abortion, black people, how they should think, how it should feel. She's totally on the other fucking side. When I say, damn, black people need to fucking get together and get this shit right, she go on the other side and say, but what was the system that created this? You know? Exactly. And then guess what? I say, but guess what? Black people been knowing that this shit is oppressive. They should have been then fucking did some motherfucking shit by themselves. Why are we still letting the system oppress us? If we know the system is oppressive. (laughs) Yeah, that's up to know. Why? And we have these conversations back and forth, but guess what? I can tell Heather, hey, you know, I know that you're not racist. I know that, you know, um, my podcast give you a lot of fucking heat. And I know that people think that you're racist, but you're not. You're a good person. You're a good white ally. But guess what? That don't really mean shit to you. Come on. Say it. That don't really mean shit to you because guess what? I'm black. And my thing of saying, oh, Black people don't think that you're racist or you're a good white ally, whatever. You'll never understand that. You know who you can talk to? Eric. Eric that fucking actually does active um black shit, you know, active activist. activist. He he actually does active activism. And he's out there fighting for black people all the time. And guess what? I guess I, I, I bet you he get called racist all the time. Why? Because he's white. <sighs> we got to end this shit. Because he's white. And guess what? You can go to him and say, man, these motherfucking black people sitting up there telling me I'm racist. I ain't racist. I got a black girlfriend. Blah, 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 blah. And guess what? No black person is ever going to feel you. Ever in a thousand years. Exactly. But guess what? Who do you align with? Eric that's telling you, damn, I get called racist too. And I'm sitting up here fighting for black people. Or the black pre- uh, the black person that tell you, you know what? You're not racist. Which one? Tell the truth. Which one you align with? Ah, you're lying. <laughs> don't Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. We're about to end this right now. Don't don't worry about it, bro. But yeah. That's just how I feel about it. I don't I don't have any other state. Drag me, kill me on the cross, whatever. I don't Cancel give a you. fuck. I just don't give a fuck. And that go what ahead and it? shout out them damn social medias. You should have got it by next week. 
You should have got it last week. Oh, so I'm I'm growing my social media, so of course. Yes, I will have it all together next. I, listen, I literally have like six followers, so I'm gonna take care of that. Yeah, don't worry about it. It's gonna be in the description in the YouTube and the Spotify and all of those great streaming apps that we have here in our Crowder. And, you know, mine's as well will be down there. You know, we got E on the boards. We got Heather in the cut saying a little some, some head ass. <laughs> Malik, the devil advocate himself, is out. <sighs> we going to call that nigga. Mm. We going we gonna to face that nigga. Can I get some potatoes, Man, we out of here. That is an hour, Crowder. We are out.